you can't just click and say, I want to see the top 10. You have to kind of go search it out. So what I did is I switched over to the map view and I zoomed out as far as I could zoom out to see where those green pins for entire units and purple pins were showing up. And then I zoomed in on those areas to see, you know, what is this city ranked in Michigan? Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato with, here with my co-host, Jordan Painter. What's up, man? Dude, I'm excited about to have that, that blueberry experience this weekend. Oh, yeah. You're going to stay at the, uh, the South Haven cabin property. Yeah. First time, really. I mean, we stayed there on couches when it was being set up, but this will be the first time actually staying since it's been done. So super excited to go uh, with some of my, my friends and their boys to have a little father-son weekend. So Nice, dude. The good news is, I mean, you did pay, but you can also play guest communications for the group that's in there this weekend, dude. Oh, so, you're going to have your hands full with this one, bro. That, that, that works out. Everything. Dude, that works out perfect. So hopefully, you know, I'll give you the list of contractors in the area if you guys should need anything. So yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to kind of pick it apart and see see what needs to be tweaked. So, yeah, I got some some to do's on that property, but I figured I, I would wait till after your stay because I'm sure the list will get significantly longer after you spend spend some time there. So, oh, we're gonna trash it for sure. <laughs> yeah, today we got a good interview. We interviewed the marketing director and another marketing person from Furnished Finder, Katie and Kelly, and they are hosts of the Landlord Diaries. So they have a podcast of their own and interview people in uh, the rental space. And they're both investors in in midterm rentals. So uh, it was fun to talk to them and to see how they got started in you know, with Furnished Finder and what came first, the midterm rentals or Furnished Finder. And so, so that was fun. But the big thing was obviously they provided a lot of good information on how to make sure you are using Furnished Finder to the best of uh, the ability so you can get more bookings. So we do use Furnished Finder. We actually have one of our best midterm rentals ever in right now and they're paying a premium price for a okay property which is awesome you know take that when you can get can get it they uh started in may they're paying 3300 bucks a month and again the, the house is okay but we have a lot of really nice houses that would kill for that same exact price point that they're currently getting so yeah and that house would probably rent for what 12 or 1300 dollars a month as a normal long-term rental at best so yeah, yep. huge premium, especially for the shoulder seasons in Michigan, great opportunities there to maximize profitability and kind of ease the maintenance and the management over the winter months when things are a bit slower anyway. So yeah, and they also did a little research prior to coming on and just tried to find the best opportunities in Michigan. So they did mention one that you know, I think we're pretty familiar with just because a lot of people think of this place when they think of Michigan, you know, rentals, maybe not so much on the midterm side, but uh, they did mention some other opportunities that 
makes sense probably now that I think about it just from what's going on in that area and the price point of that specific area. It could be a great area for investing in in midterm rentals. So we love midterm rentals. Obviously we're in Michigan and you know we got about four really good months of short-term rentals and then really have to utilize all the tools and our tool belt to maximize the off season and furnished finders is one of those. So enjoy this podcast. I think you'll find a lot of good gold nuggets in here and hopefully you can take that back and implement it into your midterm strategy. Let's jump into it. Katie and Kelly, thanks for joining the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So it looks like you both are on the marketing side of Furnished Finder. You both host the Landlord Diaries podcast. And then also you you both like to invest in uh, real estate. And I believe you guys both uh, focus on kind of the midterm rental uh, side of things, correct? That is right. So I live in the Denver area, but we invest in the Midwest. So all of our midterm rentals are in Iowa. We have nine midterm rentals. Two of them aren't live quite yet. And then we have one long term and Kelly's in Austin, Texas. Yep. Awesome. I'm, I've got around six to seven doors in the Austin, Texas area and north of Austin in about an hour and just really love the midterm rental strategy. It's uh, short-term rentals are such a great opportunity, but Katie and I have both found that midterm rentals are kind of our sweet spot for the level of management and the cash flow. Yeah, uh, a lot of people seem to start out kind of on the long-term side and then move into Mm -hmm. midterm. Did you guys start Mm -hmm. out long-term or did you guys just kind of start out right away with, with midterms? I'll take this one first, Katie. Yeah, my my husband and I had about 13 long-term rental properties uh, that were managed by someone else in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with his parents. We sold those about three or four years ago and decided what are we going to do with our profit and landed on midterm rentals because Dave's dad had been saying, hey, I've been hearing about these travel nurses. We should really check it out. So now that we had our own strategy to pursue and our own capital to work with, we're like, you know what? Let's look into this travel nurse housing thing. And we have had travel nurses, relocations, all sorts of guests. Yeah, and our story, I used to work in commercial real estate, kind of on the private equity side, and the investment side of it always intrigued me, but I knew I didn't have enough capital or expertise to go buying strip malls, which is the kind of area that that company was within. We became more or less accidental landlords when we went to build our new house, the house that we're in now, and really the only way that the builder would let you not have to put your current house on the market right away. And then you'd either have to strike a deal with the buyers where you could rent it back or you'd have to go live in an apartment while your entire new house was built, which at that time was between nine and 14 months. And we have a full family living here. Yeah. One of the loopholes that we found was that if you intended to lease your house out, all you had to do was show a signed lease within seven days of closing. So that we were like, we're going to do that took a little, like we thought it was a little bit of a risk, but it rented very easily. It's been doing great. So that's still our long-term rental is our, our old primary residence. Then after I started working at Furnish Finder, I was like, okay, you know, 
I've seen how real estate can go from a lot of different perspectives with my background. And this midterm rental space seems really, really great. It kind of checks all the boxes. So my family and I together, you know, dove in and we have not looked back yet. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask what came first, like uh, Furnish Finder or the midterm rental strategy and then Furnish Finder. But for yeah, you, it sounds Furnish like Finder it was... Furnish Finder came first, but it wasn't long before I was like, Okay, like I could I could do this and this this is very doable. It just it's it's a lot less intimidating than a short term rental, but it's a lot more profitable than a long term and in some degrees it's even more attainable than a long term because it doesn't have to be a giant property. And my background's the opposite. I started hosting our property that we were living in. We, Dave and I said, well, let's just start with our own house. Let's put it on the market on Furnish Finder. And if someone books it, then we'll go find a new place to live or we'll travel for a while. And we did that for a couple of years while we grew the portfolio. So shortly after host uh hosting a property on Furnish Finder, I reached out to our amazing at that time CEO Brian Payne and said, Hey, I love the company. I'm also a host on Furnish Finder. If there's anything that we can, you know, make happen, I would love to work for you guys. And it worked out. That's awesome. That's cool. How did you select the areas that you both invested in? It sounds like they're not your primary market where you live. How did you go about finding it and determining to take the jump? You want me to take that one first, Cal? Mine's pretty simple. Mine is my primary market in Austin. And then we've got little pockets around the area that we're familiar with. And we focus on spots that are great for adventure where you can literally jump on a trail or walk to a restaurant. That's kind of what we aim for within our budget. And with the Austin market, you know, you kind of got to figure out where you're able to afford that fits those desirable areas and therefore we went about an hour north of Austin to Belton for our final two within the last couple of years. Yeah and ours we actually the first investment property that we bought for the intentions of investment that's not our old house together with my family so my brother sister and mom we all and my husband and I all went in together and this was the very early days when I was at Furnish Finder and we started looking, thinking we actually wanted more of a short-term rental because we wanted the maximum amount of cash flow. And we got a property in Cape Coral, Florida. That was when supply chain was still really tough. So we actually didn't end up furnishing it at first, but the long-term rental market there was really strong at the time. And then it got hit with the hurricane and the market has shifted. And in the meantime, our entire strategy just shifted as I got exposed to more and more things midterm rentals. So technically we still own the property, but that's on a um, seller finance deal with a, a great person who's local there, who's going to be taking it over. And after that, we kind of went back to the drawing board and we're like, okay, I'm in Denver. It's very expensive here. So the cash flow wasn't quite where we would have wanted it to be. There's nothing crazy, but it just, it was, it's really hard to cash flow where the market was at that time. And I'm like, well, the cool thing about midterms is that there's literally a need everywhere. So my family, the rest of my family is in Iowa. So we we're like, okay, what if we don't look in my backyard, but we look in your backyard. And that's actually worked pretty well because we have boots on the ground when we need them, but everything is a lot more, you know, low key, low price 
I love working with the people in the Midwest. Everyone's just like a little bit more down to earth and easy to work with. So that's worked really well. And we just keep expanding there. We've gone into different cities across Iowa, but Furnish Rainer definitely opened my eyes to the fact that like, it doesn't have to be a glamorous city that's on some top 10 list on, you know, whatever investment website. It just needs to be somewhere that's steady and has a good economy. Yeah. One of the questions I had kind of connected to that would be like, let's say I'm looking for a property and location really doesn't matter. Obviously I want the numbers to work. How do, does Furnished Finder have some tools and different things that they, that I could use to determine where a great place to invest would, would be? Yeah. I know we I, have... Oh, God, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I've used furnishedfinder.com forward slash stats to kind of get pull some some numbers of how many rentals there are and you know what you know what they're getting in terms of uh, dollar wise is that the best place to start or is there some additional stuff that's definitely the best place to start is the stats page I always encourage people to when they're looking at exploring different markets to go into the map and search as if you are a user because that gives you a lot of like soft insights as well it'll tell you like you know here's what these properties look like here's you know this the size that they are here's the ones you can look at their avail availability date and kind of piece together which ones seem to be booked and which ones don't seem to be booked so you can really put some pieces together that way and it's 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 not the same as like the hard data but it there are some really good insights and stuff you can pull because you can see you know which properties appear to be booked what their price range is how far they are from a hospital and you can look at kind of individual case studies as well but that stats page i don't know about you kelly but like anytime that we're even thinking about okay what's our next property what's our next move like it's a tab open on my computer all the time like because it is it's it's really really good information and that's even what Kelly and I who are like you know the quote insiders that's what we use too like we yeah. don't have crazy other data we're hiding it's it's some really good info on that page and in regards to Michigan I enjoy not knowing the Michigan market and knowing that you know this show is focused on Michigan so I did a deep dive in Michigan to see, oh, what are the top cities in Michigan on Furnish Finder? And oh, I know. Uh, so many of them were expected, right? Like Grand Rapids, Detroit, Ann Arbor. Those were kind of expected. But to find some of the more hidden gems, since it's not like straightforward, of, you can't just click and say, I want to see the top 10. You have to kind of go search it out. So what I did is I switched over to the map view and I zoomed out as far as I could zoom out to see where those green pins for entire units and purple pins were showing up. And then I zoomed in on those areas to see, you know, what is this city ranked in Michigan? So Traverse City showed up really high on the okay. Michigan list. And then we also had Lansing and tell me if I'm saying it right, Muskegon. 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 Yeah. Oh, close, enough, close enough. Not close a enough. local. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. There's a city in Iowa called Makokoda, and I always call it Makokikwa. Oh, <laughs> Every time man. I pass it on the highway, I'm like, oh, I'm by Makokikwa. <laughs> close enough. Yeah, we, close. I think what we did previously was we kind of went through like the top 30 cities in, 
Michigan and just tried to figure out, okay, the demand and then a formula based on how many were available to show maybe some of that shortage as well in places that we wouldn't have really anticipated. Like the Flint area seems to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. The surrounding Flint area seem to have some pretty good demand as well. So yeah, found that super helpful. And then again, like we want to find places that have the bigger chunk of the pie in that 25, I think it's 2000 to 2500 or higher than 2500 amount. So we were really trying to figure out, you know, where are people paying a fair amount of money for those midterm stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not always intuitive because these people are, are, you know, they're medical professionals or they're contractors or they're engineers or they're maybe even people like going to a hospital for treatment or relocating. Like it's not always, sometimes I'm like, why would people go stay in, you know, such and such city for three months? I'm like, well, it's, it's just different than you're not going there for vacation, right? So it it really is just, you start looking at like the needs and the local businesses and demand versus just, you know, is Disney World there? So it's just kind of a different point of view. That you guys look for in particular? I mean, Kelly, I think, did you say adventure? I do. Yeah, so like that would have never crossed my mind. Like (laughs) on the furnished finder side of things, I would have never really like thought adventure. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Well, you think you can... most people that want to come visit a city, they don't want to come just to work. They want to come to explore the area and work. So the more convenient that you can make it for them to explore the area, the better it is for their experience, right? So that's, that's and we love to walk from our house to enjoy places. So that's our mindset. Got it. So is there other things, hospitals, big companies, like, if somebody's looking to get into midterm rentals, maybe get their first midterm rental, they've gone to the forward slash stats page, maybe identified uh, a couple markets, you know, should they be looking for, you know, universities and what what's kind of like the top three things that you would look for to I'm say, always, hey, this is I'm a always, good. Yeah, I'm always looking for proximity to hospitals because my properties are smaller. So medical professionals are still a big portion of our tenants. I also like proximity to the highway in case they're not super close to the hospital. At least they can jump on the highway pretty quickly. Um, I'm looking for really safe areas of town. That seems to be a really big priority of monthly travelers is they want to know that like if they get home after dark or if they have to leave super early, they're not going to have to worry about safety. Proximity to... finders have like crime data on it somewhere to track? We don't because there's, there's, there's crime data sites that are like that's what they do that's their bread and butter so we're like we're gonna let the experts do their expert thing but i always like to cross-reference that or i ask my family who lives there which is one perk right like so if, if it's not your area finding someone you know whether it's your brother like me or whether it's just someone who you're partnering with or you're like because because sometimes in these towns you can literally go two blocks over and it's a whole different vibe right and you wouldn't know yeah. that just looking at google maps or even a, a crime site I also like to be close to the university, but I like to be close to a university if it's a larger campus and it has like a really big graduate program or pre-med program, things like that. A lot of times those will have kind of longer visitors with the budgets more for midterm rentals versus just student housing. What about you, Kelly? But I'm in in smaller markets, so there's not as much, you know, it's not 
as crazy different. I was like, Kelly, you've got like all of Austin you can pick from. Yeah. <laughs> I really like how some of the trainers in the midterm rental industry will tell you the three H's, highways, hotels, and hospitals. If you're kind of like right in the hub of those three, it's going to be successful, likely going to be successful. Uh, and a lot of extended stay hotels, just like McDonald's and Whataburger or whatever, right? Which, I forget which one it is that one of them doesn't, one of them does all the research and the other one just comes and parks next to the one that does all the research and figures out, all I have to know is how to beat out McDonald's now, right? So same yeah. idea, like I like to flip over to the map when I'm looking. I know my areas pretty well, but when I flip over to the map, I not only want to see, like, do they have professional photos? Is my property going to be able to compete pricing-wise? Because we had to buy a lot of ours at the height of the Austin market. So we need a higher rental rate than maybe someone that's owned it for 10 years. So then you've got that competition that is willing to go a lot lower on their prices if if you know it gets to be a tough market but how can you make yourself stand out so then you know if you're starting in a new area look for those with five star reviews that you can call and talk to or look for future availability if it's someone with current availability they may be new they may not have been on the site for a while they might not have any extra insight than you do so we always look for that current our future availability and five-star reviews if you're looking to talk to someone that's been doing it in that area. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I think there's also like a, a misconception around Furnished Finder that it's only a site for travel nurses. Mm. In, in our experience, we've seen totally different. Mm. But I was wondering, yeah. do you guys have any statistics around, hey, here's kind of the renter side of things, whether it's 30% nurses or 50% nurses, and then maybe some of these other industries that the, the renters are coming from? Yeah, I think this is going to be like how Starbucks had to overcome just being Starbucks coffee. And they even changed their logo and it used to say Starbucks coffee and now it's just the icon, right? Yeah. That's going to be ours. Furnish Travel nurses were our first tenant base, right? When we first started Furnish Finder, it was, we are the home for travel nurses. We are travel nurse housing. That was our entire audience and since then especially post covid with so many per people working remote we have you know digital nomads we have relocating families we have people who might just be working remote for a while we have insurance housing we have construction workers we have a lot of contractors like if there's a new pipeline going in they might need different workers for six to nine months or a year. They also might need the engineers for that time as well. We've even had athletes who are coming and like, you know, they're on a baseball team and they need to stay for all spring training or something like that. So right now, travel nurses or traveling medical professionals, because they're not all nurses, are about four, like 35 to 40% of the travel base. But that's going to vary from region to region and market to market. And what's happening is the other person, the, the other portion of the traveler base is increasing. It's not that the number of travel nurses are decreasing. The percentage of travel nurses is decreasing, but only because the quantity of other travelers is 
increasing so much. That's good news, right? It's it's great. And it's it's I know Kelly has larger properties than my portfolio. So she sees a lot more variety in her tenants than I do. But I even have, you know, one of our two bed condos, it had a family who they were local and with the market and the rates right now, they didn't want to buy a new home, but they had outgrown their home. So they were doing a massive renovation and they were like, we cannot live in our house while they do all this. Like there was demo and all this stuff. So they just moved in our condo for three or four months. Then while all the work was done on their house and then they got to move back in. So there's also a lot of like locals even that are getting creative in this housing market. So I don't know. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, as far as uh, you covered most of the tenant bases, we see a lot. So my portfolio is mainly three-bedroom, two-bath homes. One has an ADU. We've added a tiny house to the mix recently that we're working on getting rented. But as far as the three-bedroom, two-bath homes, we mainly see like retirees that want to come visit family or families that just think Austin area is cool and want to check it out. Or like Katie's saying, large remodels where, you know, with the interest rates right now, you don't necessarily, what, where are we, 7 8% right now? You don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to buy or sell. You want to remodel, like Katie's saying, because you just can't afford to move at this point. There's not much reason, right? So we get a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of fun reasons people travel. As far as the tenant leads that come in in Austin, students have been popping up more. There was an uptick in athletes for a season for one of our baseball fields. We've got the soccer stadium around now. I haven't seen any soccer leads come in yet, but I don't. I, I bet they're coming. And then you've got a lot of like the insurance relocation companies and corporate housing providers that put in a housing request because it's just easier to find tenants that way because you're reaching every landlord in the city. Yeah. Awesome. And on that I note, can, I'm curious, we always have people ask us, what's the best way to get into the, with these insurance companies? Are they people calling like the individual agents and trying to get referrals or is it more going after corporate? Where are they finding these leads? You know, every, it's like the hot topic. Everybody wants the insurance placement um, contracts because they are like, they're pretty high revenue. You can pull a lot of rent in that way because you're providing such a good service. And in my mind, like, you know, that's a really in-demand service that they, they need to place a family or, you know, people like tomorrow, right? The best way is not to bombard them. The best way you can definitely register your property like on ALE Solutions. A lot of them have their own internal database, but those companies are power users of our site. So in terms of using Furnish Finder to get in touch with them, it's all about not spamming, but providing value. So if you see a a lot of times, like you can see a lead come in and it's from a housing placement agency or a similar type of company. And they're like, we need housing for, you know, a four bed, three bath. It has to have a two car garage. They're usually very specific. Like it has to allow pets. It can't have any stairs and whatever. If you see that come in and your property doesn't fit, but you feel like you do have a property or multiple properties that would be of value to that person, like connect with them, but not in a, hey, I have a studio apartment. Do you want it? But more in a like, hey, I know this isn't a fit for what you're looking for right now. I do have these great properties that I've set up. Like, how can I best serve you so that when you're looking to place clients, like, you know, whether my unit's available or not, because I can guarantee it's like the best unit that you're going to have or the best property option that you're going to have. It's, 
it's about kind of moving into that relationship role. And a lot of times that starts on Furnished Finder through those leads or through direct messages or booking requests that also happen on the platform. But that's what's cool about the site is like we're not trying, since we're not a booking site, we're not trying to like put you in this box where like you can only communicate on our site. You have to do all the bookings here because we want the commission, right? <laughs> like we genuinely are just about starting those relationships. So if you see that come in, you know, reach out and form that connect connection, but do it in a thoughtful way. The other thing is just to make sure that your listing is like top notch, right? Like don't skimp on skipping professional pictures or not completing your listing with all the details, right? Log in, make sure your availability date is, is up to snuff and it's like actually current. Like all of that stuff really does move the needle because these types of professionals that are working for the, the insurance claims, like they want quality and they want ease because they're doing this time and time and time and time again. So they're looking for the professional operators to partner with. They don't want to, they, they're not looking to partner as much with people who can't even keep their property listing updated. So those are the tips I would say, Kelly, I don't know about you. I'll add just a few quickly. So both Katie and I have not found the need to go after insurance agencies. We get, we both keep over 90% occupancy rate by staying on Furnish Finder and Airbnb. Uh, I would say 90% of my bookings come from Furnish Finder uh, and I get a few here or there on Airbnb. I really typically don't add them to Airbnb unless I feel like, you know, it's off season, like winter is uh, just like short-term rentals, winter can be the tougher time sometimes for mid-term rentals. So if it's getting close and I don't have someone yet, then I'll turn on other sites. But I love the ease of being able to know who's coming into your home, talk to them first, make sure it's a good fit for both parties, and then have that tenant screening, the lease in place, and the deposit to make sure it's going to be a successful stay every time. So I love the that process, and Furnish Finder is an advocate for direct booking platforms. You know, there's a big push on, hey, don't waste a bunch of your money or give your business over to OTAs, but Furnish Finder is not a booking platform. We are an online platform to help you connect, but you get their phone number right away, you get their email address right away, and then if you want to add them to your database for your direct booking and keep in communication with them, then you can do so. But if you're new and you're like, you know what, I don't even know where to get started on a direct booking platform, our sister company, KeyCheck, has all the tools you need to book your first stay. So we both advocate for it doesn't have to be complicated. You can just jump in and get started with, ever, with whatever space you have available. Some, for some, that's renting a room in your house. For others, that's you know an entire space. For Dave and I, it was, let's put our own place up and see where we're going to go next. Yeah. Our, our favorite lead in midterm rentals definitely came from a Furnish Finder. Property was like not like an A-plus property, and, but the pricing was A-plus, ended up being an insurance insurance lead. So that one's been great. They were supposed to be there for like three months at a very elevated rate. They've been there 10 months by now. So yeah, Love it. that one's been fantastic. And then the other yeah. thing is, so the market we operate in has a nuclear plant and mm -hmm. 
you know, some of the leads that we've gotten from Furnished Finder, from people. So like every year they have an outage and they'll bring in 500 contractors from all over the United States to come stay in this populated area of like 10,000 people. And then huge, you know, pressure on the housing situation. So we've gotten some really good leads from, you know, the nuclear plant in Furnished Finder. And again, just kind of dispelling that it's only for, you know, nursing, traveling nurses or, or medical professionals. Yeah, so we've, we've had a lot of good luck with the nuclear plants as well. In terms of like standing out, you, met, you, you touched on a couple of them. Don't skimp on your listing. Professional photos are always a must. And, you know, even if a lot of people think they're really good at design themselves or they're really good at taking their own pictures, most of the time they're not, right? So make sure you're at least getting a second opinion on your design and pay the 200 bucks to get the, the pictures mm. or 300 or whatever. But what else, you know, can people do inside of their furnished finder listing to really kind of stand out and set themselves apart from other people on there? Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. The the photos are are huge, right? They're just like, I, I cannot emphasize it enough. It's going to make a return on what you can rent your property for instantly. I also like thoughtful yet small furnishing upgrades. They do not have to be large at all, but like extra sheets, extra blankets. Like our properties are in the Midwest. It's cold. So like we give a lot of blankets, little things like that. And then I'll make sure that I market that within the listing. I also do little things like I always have at least two different types of coffee makers, even in a studio, because I don't know how you want your coffee, but I know that coffee should be an equal opportunity situation. <laughs> so that's always really important to me. As and, and I think bragging about what you might not be able to see in your photos, right? Like, is it are you try are you targeting uh, medical professionals and you're right by the hospital? Is is covered parking really rare and you have it, right? Is like, what is something that you're doing in your area that most other people aren't? Or are you like, do you have a high walking score? I have a property that's in downtown Des Moines and it's connected to the skywalk. So I have that in my property headline because to get from the apartment to local hospitals, these medical professionals never even have to get exposed to the Iowa air in the winter, which is amazing. <laughs> so little things like that, like if there's things that set you apart, making sure that you're bringing it to the top of the attention. I always encourage users to put bullet lists in their property descriptions because we all have the attention span of a squirrel now and reading paragraphs is hard. So bullet lists and bringing some personality to your unit, right? Like don't call it cozy, don't call it quaint, don't call it cute. All you did was just tell me that your property is small. But tell me, is it safe? Is it conveniently located? Does it have high-speed internet? Does it have a TV? Can I have a pet? Like, those are the things that really matter to these midterm travelers. So speaking to them kind of in a way that's directly reflecting what they're looking for. Yeah. How important Watch is how important is pets? We're, we haven't been great at accommodating pets, but for the midterm rentals, how important is that aspect of it? More than 50% of midterm travelers travel with pets. So if anyone ever contacts me and they're like, I'm having trouble renting my property, and I see that they have no pets, I'm like, you got to have pets. 
a lot of states if if have different laws for ESAs or emotional support animals where you have to accept them anyway. But you know, that's a huge, huge missed opportunity. And it's it's these are people who are traveling with their pets time and time again. So I've heard some landlords who are like, well, but I don't want them to have a pet if they're a travel nurse and they're going to be gone for 12 hours at a time. And I've had numerous situations where that happened. And normally you'd be worried that, you know, the dog might get destructive or bored or pee all over because they're alone for a long time. But these, like, they're their companions. They will hire a dog walker to literally come every day or twice a day and let them out. And you can protect yourself, right? Like you can put different clauses in the lease and take a pet deposit. But if anyone's ever having trouble filling their space and they don't allow pets, that's the first thing where I'm like, well, time to let Fido come. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just yeah. going to add two things. The furnished furniture algorithm is very simple. So if you want to be promoted towards the top of your search results, you're really just watching two things currently that may change over time. I'm sure it will. But the main two things to watch is, are you keeping your calendar up to date? And are you checking your messages and opening your tenant leads frequently? So anytime you have a tenant lead come in, just make sure and open it. Or if you have a message come in, make sure and respond to them in the messaging app and then go communicate or let them know, I'm going to send you a text message or an email if you choose to go off platform because those are ways that you can stay active in your furnished funder account and re we reward that so that it helps with the buyer or buyer helps with the tenant or traveler and landlord communication for sure. And then because Furnish Finder doesn't focus on reviews, which a lot of people like, five-star reviews can be an excellent way to make yourself stand out. So if you have someone that does, that you know had a great experience, then make sure and follow up with them. It's kind of a sales situation where you, one, as soon as you give them back their deposit, hey, we really appreciate you staying. If you loved your say, would you mind leaving us a five-star review? In here's where you can leave the review. Here's the link to the property. The reviews are around the middle of the listing. And hey, you just wanna, I'm gonna go ahead and give you your dates of stay. So it can be an easy process for you to just work through the options to leave a review. That's a great idea. And you're right on the communication side of things. I think we had we hosted someone that found us on Furnished Finder, and they were driving an hour to to their nursing job. But they said, "I'm like, how did you get? You know, why us? We're so far away." And they're like, "Well, you were the 11th one on the list and the only one to answer the call." Which obviously, yeah. you know, if you're trying to get leads that way and you're not being responsive, you know, mm -hmm. not only you just heard it, you're going to get demoted in the the algorithm there. But I mean, it's going to be hard to fill up your calendar if you're not being responsive to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the short term rental world, people are very used to like you put your listing up and then you kind of wait for your email to ding or your phone to ding and just be like, oh, look, I got a booking. Right. But when you think yeah. about the long term rental world, that's not how it is. Like you're you're going to have to talk to the person. You're going to have to screen the person. A lot of times they'll want to tour the house or the, the unit because they're going to be there for usually 12 months or more. Right. 
and midterm is in the middle of those. So your phone or your email will ding and say, you have a lead. It might not be a perfect lead. It might be an unmatched lead as we call it, but you still, you know, you have to do that communication. And while things like showings are pretty rare because most of the times our units are all full, you're going to want to have a communication. You're going to want to screen and you're going to want to open up that dialogue to make sure that it's, that it's a fit. Yeah, for sure. And what mistake a lot of people make as hosts on Furnish Finder is when their place is booked, well, they'll, they'll check the box to hide the listing. Well, we're not a booking platform. So you really never have a reason to hide your listing. You always want to keep your listing active if you plan on renting, continuing to rent it out. And then you just make sure and put the availability date. We don't have a calendar where you're marking which days are available and which days aren't. You're just putting one date. You're saying, I expect my rental to be available on this date. And that gives you the opportunity to have those conversations with those that express interest. Even if you're not certain on what your exact date is, you can communicate that with your with those traveling. Gotcha. And then typically when a lead comes in and they reach out specifically about our place and we're starting that communication, there's another element, right? And I think you call that it, it's unmatched leads, right? What kind of opportunity is in the unmatched lead in terms of, in one, what is, I guess, what is an unmatched lead? Like we're just not a good fit based on what they're looking for, but there still might be an opportunity there. Could you just dive into a little bit of that? And also, could that be an opportunity even though it's not a, a matched lead? Yeah, so the, the unmatched leads are leads that our system gets from housing requests. So people who go on the site, they fill out the form that say, I am looking for housing. Please share my information with potential landlords who, you know, could meet my needs. And they're close. I always say close, but no cigar, right? Like maybe their budget is 1600 and your property is 1800 Or maybe they want a one-bedroom unit and you have a studio. We're not going to show you if you have a studio and there's someone looking for a five-bedroom house. You know, that's not close, but no cigar. That's just no cigar. But these are all the properties that are close where we think that you have an opportunity and you obviously need to gauge that on, on your end. Like if the budget is really far off or they say they're traveling with four people and you have a 400 square foot apartment, but they're for you to look at and say, is this someone that I could provide a good house to? Is this someone that I could, you know, really give a good midterm rental to? And if so, then reaching out to them directly and and being very transparent, like, hey, I don't match everything you're looking for exactly, but here's what I do have. You know, A, do you think that would work? Or B, you can open up to negotiations, right? And again, that's where the direct booking comes in because you're not going to really negotiate over Airbnb or Verbo or something like that. It's kind of a take it or leave it. Whereas we're more of a like, okay, we're going to start the conversation and then you guys figure out like, is there a match here or not? Awesome. Great, great tips there. Is there anything that we didn't touch on from a furnished finder standpoint that you think people here in Michigan look in? We have a big shoulder season, so terms are always a big push during the off season. So is there anything that you think we might not have touched on that could be of some value of just getting a couple extra bookings this off season? 
Kelly here. I'm an overachiever. So I made a checklist to make sure we talked about certain things and I've got a couple still on the list. Nice. Uh, just in case you asked that question. So in regards to this being a short-term rental show, which some people use short-term as the term for mid-term rentals as well. So they, they operate very similarly, right? You've got your boots on the ground team. The same operations occur at the property. The main difference is for adding mid-term rental into your short-term <laughs> rental strategy is to know when is off season in case I can, you know, generate more revenue with the midterm rental strategy and give my cleaners a break and my, you know, my property a break and really just get a clientele that's at the professional level and going to, you know, kind of give you that break from the, the hustle and bustle of the short term rental strategy. And there's really only two things you want to change in the online side is because it's 30 days or more, you want to protect yourself. So you want to have either some sort of insurance in place or what we recommend through KeyCheck is the tenant screening, the state-specific leases with e-signature, and then wherever you normally do your rent uh, payments, if you trust OTAs for all your short-term rentals and you don't have a direct booking website, well, then you can use KeyCheck as a great tool that uh, travelers on Furnish Finder trust, or you can plug them straight into your direct booking platform, and then you're operating exactly the same as a short-term rental but maybe you're generating more revenue consistently throughout the year with both strategies. Nice. And you run the other thing circumstance where you found somebody in a market like ours that was able to create demand where it wasn't previously there? Oh, yeah. I would say just in general, I mean, not, I, we don't really speak much to Michigan probably, although I have a fun story that ties into the Michigan theme. One of my really good friends in the Austin area they did a trip up to Michigan last year in, uh, I think, what y'all call the UP and uh, the Upper Peninsula area. They Tell me if I'm saying it wrong. Menominee? Nailed it. <laughs> Got it. Sounds, Yay. Sounds right. They loved it so much that they stayed in a furnished finder listing for over a month last year there, and they've already booked it again for next year. I think they switched to a different house, but they loved their experience and just wanted a little bit more space the second time around. But that area, their parents happened to park their sailboat during at the marina during the season, and they loved that there were five beaches, a marina, and a YMCA that they could bike to from their Furnish Finder rental. They even put their daughter in like one of the YMCA camps for a couple weeks. They loved all the food and the people and the service, and they loved their Furnish Finder landlord. So I think the midterm rental market a lot of times is generated by where do you have family or reasons to be? And then you discover what you love from there. So you can really create a lot of experiences from many different cities. And we've got we've got hosts that say they don't even prefer to be in the large cities. They prefer the smaller to mid-sized cities because they can be like the go-to person in their city and not have as much competition. And then the agencies start coming to them saying, hey, I know that you're one of the main players in this town. Do you have something? And if not, then they go ahead and f help find uh, a place. So now they're the reliable source for any midterm stays in their area. I think the other thing is if you have a short-term rental that you're 
moonlighting as a midterm rental, if you will, during the off season or the low season, being okay with knowing that you're going to get a different amount of rent, right? We always say that our target goal, and this has a huge range of flexibility, is generally one and a half to two times long-term rent. And that can flex a lot on either end. But if you're in a really seasonal place, knowing that you might, your, your revenue might decrease a lot if you're using midterm rentals during a slow season as compared to what you would get for short-term rental in the high season. But to not see that as a loss necessarily, but to see it as, okay, it's occupied, someone's in there taking care of it because midterm renters take care of their properties so, so well. And then we have a lot of, a lot of landlords that we've talked to who then use that time to say, okay, let me plan for the next year. Let me start developing some of these relationships. Let me plan my next property or, you know, what furnishings or what upgrades do I need to make for the next year or what business development can I do? So they really don't see it as like, oh man, I, you know, it's such a downturn in the season, but it's like, let's get this, let's get the occupancy taken. And that's not going to be, I'm not going to have to worry about booking after booking after booking during the slower season, but rather I can look internally into my business and really hone in on, you know, some of my systems or getting all of those things really polished up. And then that further prepares you for your next short-term busy season. So you kind of get to use it to like feed your businesses in the ways that will really move you forward. And one thing to keep in mind too, is like, as some markets get a little more saturated on the short-term space, zigging while everybody else is zagging and saying like the one that we have had for like 10 months now paying a phenomenal amount right i think we can only get that because we were probably one of the only available properties in that area because everybody else is taking theirs off midterm rentals to do short-term rentals and hey we, mm -hmm. we just have this one so you know maybe if you're not getting what you used to get on the short-term space it could be a good time to just kind of go into next busy season looking to potentially just get a elevated rent because maybe you're one of the few midterm stays available. Totally. And if All it's right. a downturn, getting one consistent midterm rental will usually be a lot more revenue than really spotty short-term rental revenue anyway, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Well, that I think we're just a little bit over here, but I had two, a couple quick questions for you guys. So let's say our, our listeners only had time to listen to one episode of the, the, your podcast, the rental diary, landlord diaries, sorry. Which one would you direct them to, to start with? Ooh, I can do a quick hitter of a few. Number. You get one, Kelly. You only get one. They only, you get one. They only have time for one. I love Jesse's episode, Jesse Vasquez. He definitely focuses on using Furnish Finder as a tool, but also going and doing business development. He's very good at standing out in a market and he's a very savvy business guy. And he's also just like super down to earth and relatable. So he's definitely one of my go-to resources. And I think he brings a ton, a ton of value to any episode that he's on. He doesn't gatekeep at all. So I think that's a great one. I was I just listening say, to that one. Yeah. And Kelly can't, Kelly can't pick the same Kelly, one. You, so yeah, we'll make, you have, you we'll only make have one, Kelly. pick the same one. Oh, I will not pick the same one because I could list 10. <laughs> so I'm going to pick episode 61 with Bigger Pockets author Sarah Weaver. She goes in how to confidently 
choose any market based off six metrics. So it's just a really solid episode that works for any strategy, including the midterm rental strategy. Awesome. So yeah, definitely. We'll link both of those in the show notes. If anybody wanted to connect with you guys or, you know, obviously check out furnishfinder.com, where's the best place to, to connect and get maybe more information? Yeah. So you can find us both on the Landlord Diaries. You can find that on YouTube or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's probably the best way to connect with us. I also have an Instagram. It's just Ms. Katie Lyon. Kelly, how about you? I'm gonna ref I'm gonna I'm gonna reference Katie here because we kind of roll everything up into Furnish Finder. So we don't necessarily yep. have our we don't necessarily keep have to keep our Instagrams and our Facebooks and everything business savvy. So we really put everything mm-hmm. through Furnish Finder. Like, yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, you're more than welcome to connect on Instagram. I post about all things I love there. So that ranges <laughs> from our real estate investing to new new properties we've furnished all the way down to my kids and our pet hedgehog. So it's going to be a different experience. But yeah. Kelly and I love connecting with, with other midterm rental landlords, you know, on the furnished finder side and personally as well. It's helped us so much. Just the power of a network in this industry is is so big and it's it's been one of the greatest joys about being in this is just how nice and open and friendly and you know welcoming everybody is yeah mm-hmm. kelly i thought you would have said linkedin i was going to <laughs> do it kelly kelly's great on linkedin <laughs> but i don't know my handle so i don't just know search that you- kelly uh, bailey uh, uh, that is so hard uh, i'll put it in the show notes all right so if anybody Wonderful. if anybody wants to connect with kelly on linkedin that's where we got connected yeah uh, feel free to connect with her there and we'll link all those in the show notes and hey kelly katie thanks again for coming on and hopefully this will help with some of us michiganders on the shoulder season and mm-hmm. getting some more midterm rentals so appreciate it thanks thank guys. you Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan-shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage, and you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number for how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue, and it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there and we'll make sure we accept it. And we'll talk to you later.